This is the Tea Health Show, your medical lifestyle podcast, brought to you by the Tea Clinic, hosted by Dr. Mark. Good morning, I'm Dr. Mark, and this is the Tea Health Show, and um, we're doing a show today uh, on testicular carcinoma, and um, just for those out there who don't know, um, this is International Testicular Carcinoma Month. We would have been joined by uh, oncologist Dr. Devin Moodley. Unfortunately, Devin had um, a COVID exposure in the past few days and um, unfortunately could not make it to studio this morning. We have... Um, our good friend from Eurolab, Leanne Latimer-Wendy. Um, Leanne, good morning. How are you? Hi, great. How are you doing, Mark? Can't complain. Thanks. And then I roped in an unsuspecting young man, Aaron. Aaron, um, you've done the show with us on... Um, Penis augmentation And um, you know what I think for the first time That you've been in one of my shows um, It was an eye opener So good morning to you Morning Dr. Mark How are you doing? I'm well thanks My um, lovely producer Sims Okay so let's start Erin what do you know about testicular cancer? I know it's a cancer <laughs> I love that I'm not getting asked these questions. No, I know it's cancer by uh, the testicular region. Um, I know that it can be fatal if left untreated or don't have to, like, uh, cut off your balls, I think. But I don't, honestly, I don't know much. I just know that it exists. And every now and again, well, when you get to a certain age, they say, just try and test. Go test for it. Okay, so um, it's some beware. Hmm. Do you have brothers? No, I don't. Okay. Do you have a boyfriend? <clears throat> That's a very okay. personal question. Do you have? <laughs> do you have? Do you have a male companion? Guys, she's single, she's gorgeous, she's available. So, um, okay. Um, Your questions are very personal. I feel attacked. So, um, Leanne, do you have sons? I do indeed. How old are they now? I've got one son, he's 24. 24. Erin, how old are you? I'm 26. If you think of cancer, what age group do you think of? Uh, around your 40s. 40s? Yeah, around the 40s, that's when. Okay. Is that old for you? I don't know, because <laughs> then, you know what, both of us are being it's, exposed to, really to being old. Um, what if I tell you that the most common cancer in men age 18 to 35, in other words, you, is testicular cancer. Heavy. Heavy? Yeah, very heavy. Ah. So, um, this, uh, immediately, uh, Devin, I hope that you um, are listening to the show and that your COVID symptoms are very mild, but I hope that, you know, at, you, at the moment you have a spasm somewhere because there were so many questions that I wanted to ask you about, about, uh, about this. Okay. So, um, let's, let's ask this simple question. Sure. 
please don't be embarrassed because I ask this question to every single one of my male patients. Right. When is the last time that you examined your own testicles? That's what I want to ask them, but you know what? Um, apparently, this is a sponsored show, so I will not say balls. <laughs> when is the last time that you've examined your own testicles? Examined in the this aspect of like I just like looked around. Yeah, a medical. Yeah, like a, an exploratory, an exploratory feel. When did you have a good? When's the last time that you copped a good feel of your own testicles? <laughs> you know, so. I think this is going to sound weird, right? So I'm going to just, I think, uh, like, ideally. No, not ideally. Yeah. When? When, the last time when I had, like, it's going to sound so weird. Um, So when I had an itch, right? Yeah. And then, so after the, after the, the squeeze and, and rub technique, and then you just start kind of feeling, okay, everything is kind of in place. And then there's, and then like, I was taught that if like one part of your testicles is kind of like feels swollen or hurts a little, that's when you need to be. Okay, so when was the last time that you did this? Um, not that long ago, actually. This was probably because like, you had an itch. Yeah, because I had an itch, is and itch, then that led is, to. Is that a good or bad thing? So you know what? This is this is this is a question, and uh, you know what? Uh, I've been down this road. And I make a point of it, of telling my patients, and I said it on air, and since I think you've heard me, and I've said it on TV, and Leanne, uh, I think you agree with me. If you stand in the shower and you don't feel your balls on a regular basis, you know what? You will miss stuff that you could have identified Sooner. So we encourage women to do breast examination, self breast examination. Mm-hmm. And why, Leanne, have we never encouraged men to look and Feel their own testicles. You know what? Come on. Uh, uh, to, to be fair, Erin, uh, you are, you and I are both boys. And we, we play around there on a continuous basis. Uh, you know, it, uh, come on. So why are we embarrassed to actually just sit in the bath, in the shower? Hmm. Feel for this, feel for that. Okay. It feels the same as yesterday or it feels the same as what I remembered the last time. Um, we're embarrassed to do that and we shouldn't. If you don't play with your balls, you won't know what is normal. If you use a cricket ball, um, if you want to become a good bowler, you don't play with different balls. You always play with the same ball because if something on that ball changes, it's going to change how the ball goes through the air and it's going to change your bowling action. Um, I I play in precision throw sport And you know what I'm so used to the handles Of the objects that I'm throwing That if there's a slight scratch Or a little chip It changes how I hold this And it changes how I play 
So, guys, you need to play with your yeah. balls. Okay, so Do let's. Own equipment. I think absolutely. It's take home message from this. Okay, so we know that this is a disease that presents at a young age and anywhere from childhood into our late mid 30s that's the highest incidence and then lo and behold it disappears for a while and then it comes back after the age of 60 and we see it in some older men it's not a very common cancer, no, Leanne. No. It's it's one of the more uncommon cancers. And I think also limited to there's certain groups at risk. Um, so as I understand it, you were talking yesterday about the about uh, certain races being more at risk than others. Yeah. So I wanted to go into that information. Mm. Um, it was in my reading, and again, you know what? We will we will redo um, a. a this episode with one of our oncology experts like Dr. Um, Moodley in, in studio with us. Um, and we'll give you some more, more details and statistics. But in the reading that I did, it, there was a very big difference in ethnicities and cultural groups. So, I would like you to take a guess who are the people that's most affected. I'd say, I'd say, um, the black community is probably most affected in comparison to every other community. <coughs> Wrong. Wrong. Mm-hmm. It's I'm surprised. Absolutely the other way around. Mm. Caucasians. So, yeah. Okay. I'd, yes, I'm, but now it's interesting that in Caucasians, in different areas, it's there's a big difference in prevalence. Our most prevalent group of, or the most, the men that's most prone to developing testicular cancer, is Northern European men. Wow. Okay. Um, now. It's very interesting that in Denmark and Sweden, I think, the incidence is much higher than in Finland and Norway. Fascinating stuff. So we know that there's a very strong genetic component to this. Family history? Can you talk a little bit about the family history? Family history here plays a big role. It's definitely a risk factor. So before we go to family history, let's let's go through the different groups. So we call this epidemiology and pathology. Okay, so the epidemiology, let's look at the groups first. So it's definitely more prevalent amongst Caucasians, especially... The Northern Europeans. There is now a trend that East, Eastern Europe is very fast catching up. So in saying that, um, it's, it was, there's been a hundred percent increase. That's a lot? 
a hundred percent increase in men diagnosed with testicular cancer in the last century. Attributed to what would you say? So it was very interesting in my reading, Leanne, they couldn't answer that. Oh, they wow. said that environmental um Maybe exposure to toxins of some sort or something. Only in utero. Oh, in utero. Environmental toxin exposure in utero. There wasn't a clear cause of testicular cancer. Now, um, when we look at other groups, the lowest affected group is African men. Hmm. That's very fascinating. Then followed by the guys from Oceania. So that that Oceania is Australia um, and the Pacific. Okay. Um, So think about, um, you know, when you go to Australia and you go even more east, back to America. That's Oceania. Okay. Um, And then Asian men... Is also not as badly affected, but higher than African men. Um, but that there was an increase in um, the prevalence of this cancer. Now, very interestingly, um, Hispanic men mm. is fast catching up to the European men. So um, there are there are factors, but we. Okay, that kind of lim- that kind of eliminates the thought process that I was having because I was thinking, could it possibly have to do with like the climate in which the like the certain people live in? Because in the northern Europe, mm. it's a lot colder, and maybe that's why. And in comparison to like Africa, where the temperature and the climate is a lot different, and therefore maybe the cancer in this this specific cancer doesn't necessarily thrive well in such climate but now when you mention it's interesting that you say that but when we look at north america where most of our statistics come from um it's this that ratio stays the same so north americans um are exposed to the same kind of weather, whether you live in the north where it's cold, the population, the different population groups there reflect the worldwide incidence. So it's still lower. So there's definitely a genetic, genetic undertone. And, um, the genetic undertone has got something to do with one of our beta HCG arms, uh, on, on a chromosome. The, there are other things that lead to this, but let's go to the one that Leanne mentioned, and um, it's about uh, do you have if there's a family history. The highest um, risk factor is a brother mm-hmm. with testicular cancer. You have an eight to ten times higher risk of of developing testicular cancer yourself and then um, a close first uh, a primary sibling um, a father okay so definitely a genetic trade there fascinating but have you I, I don't know if you've looked at the other risk factors did you read about the undescended testes and what role ah, that so maybe you could just speak a little bit about that dr mark and there are a couple of other conditions um uh, undescended testicle um and even um 
when we've we, we when we've taken that testicle and we've plexied it mm. further down either into um, the inguinal canal mm-hmm. or then further down into um, you know what the actual scrotum yeah. um, there is a higher incidence definitely of of testicular cancer um, it's one of the first things that we do when we um, do a neonatal examination um, on boys is um, if their dads look at the size of, um, of his son's little penis and we as neonatologists would go and look, um, can I see two balls? So at that time, the testicles are not fully descendant. Okay. But we try and palpate them mm. because if we can only find one, mm. we know, mm, uh, you know, at, at some point we need to go and look for the other one. So again, to Aaron, I love doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it's not me. <laughs> so, uh, but wait, we're coming to breast cancer, darling. Um, <laughs> That's how I saw my day heading out. I must say, if you told me a week ago that I'd be having to do this on a, on my own, Doctor Mark, I would not have seen this coming. So but here we are. Erin, <laughs> does your testicles hang equally low? See, now, now I have to kind of. Oh go. no, no, no! This is this is taking a turn. Oh come on, you married. <laughs> Do your ears hang low? Do they wobble to and fro? <laughs> do they hang equally low? I, now, now that I'm like, like really picturing it, I think one hangs. One slightly is slightly lower, lower than yeah. the other one. Yes. What's up with that? So okay. you know. So what? What? What is a it, healthy a hanging? Reason. No, <laughs> it's, not it's, it's not necessary. It's not necessarily a medical reason. It's just you know what. The, the testes descend from different sides of the abdomen, um, and sometimes they don't descend equally. Okay, but do you not think it could be a medical reason somehow linked to fertility? Because if you have them at the same level, you've got a potential to generate heat. And isn't there some impact on overheating and sperm production or something? Please use your vast medical knowledge to think about that. So... <laughs> Very interesting. Yes, it can have something to do with sperm production. We need mm. to have our testicles at a certain mm. um, temperature yeah, for optimum, for sperm, optimum production. sperm production. But we have a beautiful muscle called the cremasteric muscle yes. that controls that. So, okay. again, there's a reason when we get into a cold pool, yeah. everything disappears. Um, or when we lie in the sun, you know, what just baking like, yeah. um, you know, what yes. our little, our little lizards are baking. So, you know, what and, and then that muscle relax. But even then, the yeah. testicles slightly hang differently. So, you know, what um, and it's about this descending of a testicle. So this is one of the first things we look for in, in young boys is an undescended testicle. Now, there are a couple of other um, genetic conditions. I don't know if any of you have ever heard of Kleinfelter syndrome. No. Tell us about that. So Kleinfelter syndrome is when we have an extra, as men, yes. an extra X chromosome. Oh. So instead of 40... 
eight chromosomes, we have 49. 47 XXY. We have 46 chromosomes, sorry. Um, when we have 44 normal chromosomes and an XXY, giving us a total of 20, uh, 47 chromosomes. And what are the symptoms of this? So Kleinefelter is a feminization okay. syndrome. So, okay. um, the symptoms then would be? You would have the physical attributes of a girl. Mm-hmm. Okay, you will look like a girl, smaller penis, but um, you're still a guy. So you okay. know you will have a, you have a penis, you'll have testicles, but they there's an extra female um, oh. some um, chromosomes. So there's a feminization. The hips look different. Yeah. There's a little bit of breast development. Um, hair uh, growth is slightly altered, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we can go into those, but. That's, for instance, also associated with a higher incidence of testicular carcinoma. And then there are others like yeah. Mullerian syndrome. And I'm not going to get into them because I really am not an expert on those diseases. One that I quickly need to um, run by you. I don't know what your, what your opinion is on this. There's a link between testicular torsion. Um, apparently, and um, and and cancer is. It, can you speak to that link, or do you think that's unfounded at this point? In the reading that I've done, tes, uh, testicular torsion is a differential diagnosis. Oh. Um, so it's something that uh, a testicular torsion for any guy that's ever had one, um, you know, it, this is incredibly painful. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, most of our cancers are germ cell based. Yeah. So a germ cell is where we make either sperm or um, it's it's where we make sperm in our germ cells. So that would be Sartoli cells or Leydig cells. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, a, a torsion, in my opinion, is not. Not really, not really going linked. to be linked to to that. The torsion is more of a a, a, tra- a traumatic yeah. event. Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, we we associate a lot of tumors with um, pain. Yeah. Um, this is a tumor that's painless. Whoa, 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 whoa! Okay, whoa, let's see. so now let's take a step back. Yeah. If this this is painless, what are then some of the the symptoms yeah. that one needs to look out for to know that you have this? Good, I'm glad that you yeah. asked that. And this is exactly why examination, self examination, is so important because this is it's silent. Uh, so unless you're on the lookout, would you it, might not know that it's there. Would it be like one of those moments where when you f- you feel like a bump? Yeah, somewhere. when you feel a lump. Yeah. When you feel a lump, if you feel a lump in your testicle that you cannot separate from the testicle, you have a problem. So, um, I was, I was in America and I was in the shower and it was a nice long soapy shower. So, um, and it's, I haven't felt this before. What is this? And I felt closer and Okay, this is not really sensitive, but it's solid. Hmm. Okay. What age were you, Dr. Mark? 30. Sure. 
I was 30 when I was diagnosed with testicular cancer. So let's let's move away from that one for the moment. Yeah. We'll circle back. Yeah. Understand the testicle, but the biggest cause of testicular cancer is previous testicular cancer. If you've had testicular cancer once, the, the chances yeah. of you getting testicular cancer again is your biggest sec- secondary cause of cancer. Um, is this fatal, Dr. Mark? Like, the first time you get it, like, what's the fatality rate, if I may ask? So, I like the fact that you asked that question, Sims, because um, it is... Probably, and Leanne, you guys that deal with this can can back me up um, or shoot me down, one of the two. Um, It's one of the better responding Mm -hmm. cancers to treatment. Okay. Depending on when you discover it. 95% of cases Mm -hmm. are curable. Yeah. So it's incredibly important for us to know about, I think. Because it it goes hand in hand with so many other problems, you know what, um, Aaron? Yes. In uh, the discussion that we had on penis enhancement, um, and since we were sitting in this studio when um, Sissy Elise asked, "What is the guy's obsession with?" Penis size. Yes. Now, um, you know what? It makes us feel manly. Now, when you don't have a testicle, or if one of your testicles is removed, yeah. you know what? Come on. It challenges so, your self identity. Dare I equivalent that to like if one of my boobs were removed? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Very conscious now if I'm yeah. fully yeah. woman. Your yeah. self image really changes. And I, I actually I'm hoping that we're gonna get a chance to, to delve into that a little bit. Because surely you are not you are not the man you are because of you know because of what's in your pants. So but I think that there's so much psycho psychologically that goes with a diagnosis like that. Every guy and um Aaron yeah, Aaron's shaking his head. Mm. Every guy would say, "Yeah, you know what? I, I'm I'm great, but no, um, you know what? Um, my appendages and maybe be dangling big and full um, is what makes me more comfortable yeah. um, in a situation where I'm confronted with other guys." Sure. So, you know what, elephants look at each other's ears and tusks. Um, you know what, uh, men look at each other's um, uh, uh, trunks. Um, and if you don't have one, yeah, absolutely. Do you know, I honestly, I swear, I think in, in the gym, I'm going to use the gym for example, right after the showers, everybody's walking around subconsciously. Everyone is checking out everybody out. Absolutely. We measure up. Have you ever, you should see what it looks like when you are at Ellis Park during halftime. Oh, in the loo? 
everyone is peeing with and watching the other people without letting me without yeah. uh, you know what? It's this is terrifying. This is, this is, this is true. I'm so glad I'm a girl. Corner of your eye. You are kind Absolutely. Of like if you don't cop you, a, you there's like, a quick Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh hmm, boy. I'm the man. Seen, yeah, no, that, that's fascinating. I also find it very interesting. There's a urinal etiquette that men have. You don't. Oh yes, that unspoken rule. Yeah, you don't go stand next to your neighbour. You you have to first go to the furthest corner and then yes. as more yes. people. Yeah, come, but you know, but etiquette. not all facilities can have you. Oh God. <laughs> Down the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, definitely in the rabbit hole. <laughs> you know it. So it's not all um, little individual urinals yes. like we have nowadays. Yes, yes, yes. Um, a lot of them is just this long, long steel. Yes. We Whoa. call it a crib. crib? Um, yeah. <laughs> just, I'm just trying to understand where that came from. Literally from one corner to. So, the other. have you ever seen a trough? Yes. It's a trough. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you're standing next to one another. Yeah. The etiquette is that you don't openly go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But um, everyone is checking out their neighbour. Yeah. Look at yours or look up. <laughs> But Yo, the etiquette says keep your eyes ahead. Yes. Okay. You can so, and on. you will, mm-hmm. you can, sorry. Um, <laughs> I, I've been, I've been, uh, I've spoken about a lot of things yes. in this conversation. Yes. It works like this with boys. The bigger you are, the more you unbutton. Oh. Well, I never. Okay. Okay. okay so because it's a show all thing. Strength. So it, it really is that. If, okay. If you're packing heavy, you just let it out like this. Yep. No. Packing heavy, you just. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. I learned something new today. today huh? Okay. So actually, how does it present? Mm-hmm. Some, mm-hmm. Yes, this is a painless cancer, but it can present with pain. Okay. Okay. Um, it can present with swelling A swelling that wasn't there before So let's quickly stop and think about conditions that cause swelling mm-hmm. In that general mm-hmm. area and, and let's rule out other possible causes And this is it We call it the differential diagnosis Okay. So the most common one I think would be um, a hydrocele so a hydrocele is if there's a collection of fluid in your scrotum. So it's not the testicle that's swelling. Okay. It's the scrotum. It's the sac. Okay. So, and you know what? Besides the fact that a hydrocele is also often painless, most guys would like one um, because it, again, it Hard makes it big, yeah. big and full. Okay. Um, I always say when, when we treat, um, our patients with hormone optimization therapy, one of the things that I use is, um, treatment to keep the testicle functioning. Like any other factory, if you shut the factory mm-hmm. down, it's going to get smaller. Or if it's mm-hmm. not needed it's that much, just, it atrophies. Mm-hmm. So, I tell the guys, um, you know what, boys like big balls because it really it does make me, make us feel manly. Um, and 
if if there's an increase in size or a decrease in size, that is a clear indication. Now, it doesn't have to be only in the scrotal area. It can be in your lower abdomen that mm-hmm. there's an achy feeling mm-hmm. or that there's a sensation of heaviness mm-hmm. there. And then we have other symptoms like coughing. Um, it usually spreads into our mediastinal cavity. Mm-hmm. So this is where it goes into the lung. Mm-hmm. Um, it seldom goes into the brain, but it can yeah. go there. And um, you know what, when you start coughing up blood, when you start losing weight, when you start losing your appetite, um, this is an indication that something is wrong. Um, and it can be correlated to any kind of disease or cancer, but testicular cancer can be one of them. Would that be in a fairly, in a case of fairly advanced disease? That's always advanced mm-hmm. disease, yes. So you need to not get to that place. Oh, because I was going to say, mm. I know with cancer, it comes in like stages. Yeah. Like mm. stage one, stage two, yeah, et cetera. Two, four, yeah. yeah. So in, in the case where ideally you need to like get it at around stage one, right? But mm. if you, let's say you were unaware, like for people who aren't regular check, who don't do regular checkups, and then you just feel it, and then your doctor tells you you're probably in stage four, or I'm in stage three. What other telltale signs would have told you that now there's some? Is that where like the the coughing up blood would have started? You know what? When when you when you speak about that, we we need to differentiate, and this is where Doctor Moodley would have given you a, a far better and far correct, more correct answer. When we talk about a solid tumor, and this is usually what testicular tumors are, they're solid lumps. And solid tumors, when they spread, spread via the lymph or the blood to other solid organs. And there they make solid tumors. Leanne, correct? Absolutely. Okay, so solid tumors are like big lumps, hard lumps. And there, they eat around the other tissue or they invade the surrounding tissue. Now, when we get to advanced stages of cancer, um, it's that they invade blood vessels or they invade lung tissue. And that then causes um, the symptoms of coughing up blood or weight loss or where they create. You have this thing that's mm. compressing on your gut. So you don't feel uh, hungry, etc., etc. So um, not contained in one area anymore. The, normally the staging is done by how, uh, according to how far your disease has spread. So yeah. generally if you catch it early and it's contained and it's in one area, you are of a lower stage. Okay. So I, I, I'm looking at some of the notes that I jotted down. Yes. Incidence has risen in the last century. We've gone through that. But the incidence amongst white men is five times higher than black men. But as a black guy, I'm instructing you to play with your balls. Okay. So, let's, let's go up. How do I treat this? And what does treatment, what are the effects of a treatment? So, 
It's obviously curative. One of the things that we need to know, and we've said this, mm. is that this is one of the more curable cancers. Yeah. Especially when it comes to the solid tumor cancers, okay? Um, it has a good diagnosis even if diagnosed a little bit later. Now, there are more aggressive cancers, but these aggressive cancers are then cancers that involve production of other hormones, like um, beta chorionic gonadotropin. Um, and that, that then, you know, it, it has, it, it doesn't have a best prognosis. But this is a treatable cancer, especially if we find it early. Now, mine was, mine was done early. I, I got it early. Why? Because, you know what, I like playing with my balls. Okay. <laughs> so. Whoever thought this would work for you so well? Well, yeah. Yeah. save your life. Your curiosity abs- saved abs- your life. Ab- well, it's uh, you know it, it's just conviction of interest. <laughs> <laughs> Stroke obsession. <laughs> <laughs> Stroke. Yes. <laughs> that one. I'm sorry, but you went there. I did not. I tried to avoid that one. Yeah, but okay. Can we can we go back to you? I, I just want to bring this. I always like to think that behind these stats are people. So, when you found found that that lump, was your first thought, "This is cancer," or did you think you had an ingrown hair or something, or what? What was going through your mind at that moment? And and now you're a doctor, so, so I imagine it's a little bit worse. This is an interesting thing. Um, I was in the car with one of my good friends mm. on Saturday evening, mm. and we were talking about a couple of things, and he said. You know what, I think you doctors um, know too much. Yeah. And often it's that we actually know too little about too much. Yeah, that's it. Um, I, Is this why you guys make the worst patients? Shocking patients. No, we make worse, but bad patients because, you know what, we have other things that we need to get <laughs> on with. And it's, you, While you're about it, explain your handwriting. <laughs> It is a universal phenomenon. It is a universal. No, also, this is a thing that's touching me. It's a conspiracy between us and pharmacists. Look at his writing. I mean, what? this is actually... So, essentially, no, what we're asking is... They have... It's like before you started curve. medical school, were you able to write... No, no, no. You can't get in unless you prove how bad you're writing it. Okay. So, now you know. Yeah. You can become a doctor if you can't write well. <laughs> like, we can't see your writing. <laughs> well, those notes are quite something to behold. You should try and decipher them. I, I was it's, just it's thinking, actually, I know. you know, it takes how, skill. How pharmacists can read? This. Yeah, I know. That's a, that's those are the skilled souls in this in this uh, scenario. Okay. But you were so, saying, um, <laughs> where were we? Yo, are you in the car with your friend and okay? Yeah. And and he 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 mentioned that, and I go back to when we were at med school. Yeah. And as a medical student, you know, at the moment that you learn from something new, um, eventually. You're going to get it. Mm. Um, and we all thought, you know, what we had the most severe form of dengue fever, yeah. never having traveled. Yeah, everything you anywhere. learn about, you get the symptoms but, that but night. But you yeah. see it. Mm, so mm. when I felt the lump, mm. it was, hmm. back then I knew 
just enough to know this is not good. You, and you I was history. No. Oh wow. Okay. So I was in the states mm. on holiday. Oh, okay. With my best friend. Yeah. And it was okay. Yeah, you know what? I'm not going to tell my best friends I've just been playing with my balls in the shower. Um, but, and when I came back to South Africa after two weeks, I, I, I had that. That heavy feeling. Yeah, that fear of, mm-hmm. okay, I need to, mm. I need to go and find out what this is because it's not going away. Mm. And, it's it's scary. It's scary to be self-aware. I think it's scary to be self-aware on everything, whether it's your emotional condition or whether it's a physical condition or whether it's um, something that you don't know. I, I, I get why people don't want to go to the doctor. I'm not sick. I'm not going to the doctor. Because there's always the, the possibility that... There's something that you don't know about, and we've spoken about this um, ad hoc and and ad nauseum, actually, on our shows about the continuum of health. The continuum of health is if I'm asymptomatic, I'm fine. No, you're not. If you're asymptomatic, it's you're asymptomatic. There might be something there. But how many of us? actually have, and I'm going to use the pun, have the balls Mm. to go and look for, am I in optimal health? Yeah. And I think, Leanne, as as a a company um, like Eurolab that deal with cancer and that is focused on cancer medication and Mm. cancer awareness, this is why we're doing this show. Yeah. You know what? I think it's it's that's the message that we need to try and get across to yeah. to people that guys be brave, buck up, mm-hmm. suck it up, cupcake. Just actually go and try and find out if something is wrong because a small change like hmm, there's a little bit of uh, odd sensation when I touch there. It's just not. Um, comfortable um, You know what That can be indicative of something else Okay But now can, No Before you go next I, I want to find out a little bit more About your journey Because as I said It's about people So now you've had this What, what When you eventually confirmed Your worst fears What was the, What happened next to you Did you have surgery Did you have chemo Surgery radiation? Surgery And then chemo Okay And then radiation Wow So you've had And then chemo and radiation Again, mm. did it recur? Mm. Within how long of your two years? Wow, see that's so important. Again, you were talking about that in terms of risk factors. So, were you since you had it first? Were you still religiously doing your checks? Did no. you find it? Please, no. So you you say mm. you say doctors mm. are bad yeah. patients. Yeah, you know what? My journey um, with this was okay. Testicle removed, kumbaya, bye-bye. Mm, okay. And it was the big one. So oh. <laughs> oh, you got the big one. Why do you have a, spr- a prosthetic added? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, like a little ping-pong ball. Or what does the prosthetic it's look like? It's not a ping-pong Sorry. ball. <laughs> okay, what are those? Remember those marbles we had in it's our It's not a marble. A I a have nice 
What's it made yes. out of? Yes. So it- <laughs> we are very much interested now. <laughs> Go away. Um, I mean, it's interesting to see so prostheses are made of silicon. So it's a oh, silicon prosthesis. So like, like, like breasts. Yeah, but okay. you know what? It feels exactly like a testicle. It looks exactly okay. like a testicle. It behaves exactly like a testicle. The only thing that it doesn't do, it doesn't produce sperm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so um, actually, what are, what are the implications for So let's talk it's, about yeah. actually. Mm. The treatment. So, yeah. and this is one of the questions that I wanted to ask Devin because, yeah. um, the, the treatment sounds very radical yeah. and that's orchiectomy. Yeah. So, uh, orchiectomy means you remove a testicle. And in my reading, and I, you know what guys, I think this sounds worse than what it is. They call it a radical orchiectomy yes. where we remove the testicle, the epididymis, the vas deferens, um, and we go up in the spermatic cord and we look at all the lymph nodes there. And, um, you know, sometimes they even go retroperitoneal. Mm. So it, it's be- very big words. Mm. Okay. Um, it's very interesting, and again, this is my reading, mm. and if there are uh, oncologists um, that uh, that think that uh, this is um, the wrong kind of treatment, this is why we wanted the specialist um, uh, here to give us those mm-hmm. answers, um, was that we do not – how do we uh, – actually, now there's a lump, so what do I do now? Mm. What do you do as a patient? I have a lump. You see your GP. Mm-hmm. And what your GP will do is your GP will refer you to um, a specialist radiologist who will do a sonar. And that sonar will be able to tell us what is there. Is it a lump or not? Is the lump in the testicle? Is it outside of a testicle, etc., etc.? So that is step number one. And you know what? Um, if your radiologist is nice and good and sexy, you know, it's actually quite a pleasant experience. Um, <laughs> okay. Until you get the result. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what do we do from there? Now, most probably... You will have um, a CT scan done. Okay. Um, where we will look at the pelvic area, that's lower abdomen, and that CT scan will give us a definitive diagnosis. Unlike with a lot of other tumors, Leanne, this is a cancer that it Biopsy is not recommended. Okay, so okay, that's interesting. So they can Un- like a prostate yeah. prostate yeah. Um, cancer. We will go and do a biopsy yeah. to see if there's prostate cancer. With a testicular lump, you will not go and do a biopsy. Okay. So you, you will go and do a sonar, okay. and because that cancer then uh, has a tendency to spread, which oh. you don't want to do. Okay. okay. Um, oh, when you the, the process of the biopsy can spread it. Yeah. Okay. So therefore the choice of treatment is to confirm this is remove a testicle okay now 
Once that's done, mm. depending on the stage, chemotherapy is indicated. Now, um, Dr. Moodley would have been able to tell us how they treat. Do they treat radical surgery first or do they go chemotherapy, etc., uh, etc.? Et but... Um, and we, we running out of time. I didn't think that we'll, we'll go through the show this quickly. Um, so the questions that we ask is most probably I'm in my reproductive years. I'm any, anywhere between 10 and 35. The question is, can I have children yeah this is my next question because obviously you've got you've got two things to consider you've lost a testicle and you've had the so the actually of, uh, the, the actually what we chemo. will do mm. if we suspect this yeah we will advise that patient mm. to do sperm banking before oh, we okay. even do okay the x-ray sonar or ultrasound okay. lest they interfere with with fertility in on any level further because you yeah. can you can irradiate the sperm. How much does that cost as a matter of interest? Is it an expensive procedure? No, it's absolutely Oh it, it you know what? Um if you're a guy and if you're playing sport yes. um you know what save your sperm. It, I think the last I heard at any sperm sperm clinic it's mm-hmm. about a thousand bucks, maybe a little bit more, um, per year. And you you have your best swimmers that you can push into the field when you need to, when you want mm. to. Um, like women getting older mm-hmm. and the quality of their ovums decrease, guys also get older. Um, you know, at our best reproductive years are while we in our twenties. Yeah. And you know what? If you're not ready to have children (laughs) then, um, you know what? Consider, consider, you know what? You know what? Just have a reserve. I always tell my patients, um, when I do hormone optimization or hormone replacement therapy with them, if I tell you that this is going to stop you from having a children what is your plan b and then they look at me with a little bit of a what are you talking about and i said okay if i tell you that i'm going to do this treatment with you i'm going to do a sonar and after the sonar it's going to render your sperm bad okay so what are you going to do before we do the sonar or you don't do anything what is this next step if you now have Suboptimal sperm, or you, or you can't become pregnant. You can't make someone pregnant. And a lot of them go to um, adoption. And I said, guys, mm. freeze your sperm. Exactly. It's yours. Mm. You always have access mm-hmm. to it. And you know, it, they're starting to freeze people's heads. So why not freeze sperm? Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, so that is an option. Okay, no, that's, I think that's very, very vital information. But I want to ask you now to take off your patient hat for a minute and go back into doctor mode for us. Um, when you, you obviously work a lot in the hormonal world. If you, when you get a patient who's had this, what is your typical approach and what, what are, hormonally, apart from the psychological and physical, uh, that you've been through, the trauma of, of, of having this diagnosis, what are the impact on your hormones? Um, and how would you treat that patient? 
So very interesting. Um, every time that we talk about male sexual hormones, yeah, and here we talking. Sp- Predominantly testosterone Mm -hmm. Okay, now testosterone Is one of our androgen hormones Mm -hmm. What we forget Is testosterone is made By the brain For the brain Oh, I did not know that And we have other forms of uh, Testosterone production We produce a little bit in skin We produce a little bit in kidneys Blah, blah, blah But predominantly It's made in the testicle, under the effect from the pituitary gland okay. through HCG, mm-hmm. which gives us follicle-stimulating and luteinizing hormone. And then that testosterone circulates in the body, but the majority of it has an effect in the brain. It has an effect on so many other tissues. So what is the effect of having an orchidectomy? Mm. Nothing if you don't have both removed. Oh, okay. So like like mm. a kidney that's removed, mm. your other kidney takes yeah, over the, the responsibility and you're perfectly fine. Your kidney function will be okay. With having one testicle removed, your other, your other testicle will take over. Okay. It becomes a problem. When there is, and this becomes a problem a little bit later on in life, if there was radiation mm-hmm. to the testicles. Okay, so that can cause problems. Chemotherapy doesn't usually cause a problem there. Chemotherapy will have a problem more in lungs, on fertility itself, that you don't produce mm-hmm. uh, sperm, but not your hormones. Does it have the potential to cause erectile dysfunction in patients? Surgery has Surgery Radiation has The radiation damage to the blood vessels Radiation damage to the nerves Mm -hmm. Can have that surgery Where we go and explore If um, this cancer has metastasized And if it's in the lymph nodes In the the lower abdomen So we call that retroperitoneal Yes Um, That often Leads to erectile dysfunction Because you do damage those nerves Even if it's nerve saving Okay, some peewee has just given me um, The The Lasso That I need to wrap up Yeah um, I I hope that We gave You guys That listen to this And the girls who listen to this Reason to be aware that there's no shame in examining your testicles. If not, actually, you being callous. Quick question. Like, uh, before you wrap yes, up. Yes, you up. can examine your, uh, your, <laughs> your partner's <laughs> testicles. You should. Mm. That was not my question. <laughs> How often should you be checking? You know. You know what? Uh, I'm I'm not going to stand and do do a full testicle examination. Actually, may I just quickly do this? Okay. Okay. So what do I feel for in a testicle? Mm. One, Mm. um, I feel for size. One testicle, as I told you guys, is always a little bit bigger than the other one. We feel for sensitivity. Is for suddenly painful where it wasn't previously? We feel for lumps. Um, is there something 
in the testicle itself that wasn't there. Now, you need to visualize this. So if I look at the testicle from the front, behind and below, there's a string of cords that come from the testicle. So what I do is from the front, I slide my fingers over the testicle and I feel those cords and I feel in them. Is there anything there that feels strange? It should feel like soft rope under your fingers. And those ropes join and they form a bigger rope. And you follow that up into the groin, all the way into the groin. So that's a quick way to just feel, you know what, um, feel for size. If there's a change in the size of one testicle versus the other one that wasn't there before, go and check it out. If there's a lump that wasn't there before, check it out. If there's sensitivity or pain that wasn't there before, check it out. If you feel those rope-like structures have anything hard or funny in them or or, or your scrotum is swelling or changing color, check it out. Follow the cord, the spermatic cord. Follow it up. You know, it, it runs in the groin. If there's something there that's uncomfortable, check it out. If you have a heaviness or a pain in the lower abdomen or even in the back, Go and check it out. Okay, so this was us for today. I hope that we've relayed some information. We will invite Dr. David Moodley back, um, Leanne. We and, um, you know what, we will have this conversation yeah. and we'll talk a little bit more about treatment options. What do I do? Where do I go? Should I have a diagnosis? Thank you. Have a great day, everyone. Take care. Thank you. That was The Tea Health Show, empowering you with knowledge. Download all previous episodes on your favorite podcast platform. The Tea Health Show is brought to you by The Tea Clinic.